Hey, everybody. Hey, what's going on? Hello, you guys. I'm Dan Landrum. I'm Steve Seifert. I'm Aaron O'Rourke. <laughs> You're Aaron O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah. And hey, right. listen, check out our websites, danlandrum.com, stevenseifert.com, aaronorourke.com, dulcimerschool.com, and dpnews.com. Dulcimergeek.com we don't really have. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's behind on updating their website besides me? What website? Mine. I'm just so behind. Do you really have one? I really do. Okay. I'm only slightly behind. I'm really behind. Even my daughter's gotten onto me about updating that. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't run into that problem. I yet. think the least we could do is update our calendar pages. Oh my goodness! Yes, it's easy. If enough. anybody wants to go any of my gigs in 2015, they're all there. <laughs> well, I have people who tentatively hire me, and then they let me know a week later. You know, it's we're, we've chosen a different date, but if you go to my calendar, it's got the old date. So I'll I'll get on that. Oh. Slightly, that sounds like a bit of an excuse that. You know, that happened one time and you're behind on other things and you blame it. Now, when I say tentative, some of them are very tentative. Like, I'll book myself at a gig and not tell anybody. And if it doesn't work out, um, you know. Gotcha. I have non standard practices. Uh, Having Aaron around has helped me standardize some practices. I think he's a standard kind of dude. Yeah, I am. I am vanilla. No, you're not vanilla. <laughs> you're just stable. I'm just predictable. No, not he entirely. Has, he, he has patterns. <laughs> I, I do. I've identified some of them. Yes. I don't Ooh, think you're entirely are, unpredictable. What are my patterns? I don't. Do we really want to go into that now? I'm. Oh, I'm very comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're comfortable good with my patterns or talking about them. Both. Uh, both actually. Yeah, for sure. So Aaron's patterns that, and I'm going to tell you somewhere, I thought I was wrong. And as you get to know somebody, it's a good thing. Oh yeah. I assume, cause you've stayed at my house a bunch of times traveling. Mm-hmm. You never got up before 11 o'clock. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes safe. 12. Yeah. I'm talking in the morning, mm-hmm. but now that we're here and you're like, woohoo, it's morning. Let's get busy. Oh yeah, I mean, part of it is um, my wife is a preschool teacher, and yeah. so that's that's going to change some stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you're more of a morning person, I ever would have guessed. He amazing. might be more happy now, maybe. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> yeah i I like waking up now. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I know so if you, he sleeps. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe when I've crashed here on the road before, you're like, man, Aaron just, he's a really sour dude. <laughs> <laughs> Never said those words exactly. Okay. You know. whenever, but, I, uh, whenever I stay yeah. somewhere, like when we're on the road and Aaron is at the same place, if there's animals in the house, the next morning he kind of looks like he's crawling out of a crypt a little bit. You have yeah, allergies. Yeah. What's your blood type? I don't. I don't know. I'm I mean, kidding. Do you think it should eat for it or something like that? Are you? On, is that your? You got a kick? I mean, I'm happy to pull up my reti- my my medical history here. I think if, we uh, should. Uh, I'm going to promise <laughs> mine, this. but not give it to you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, what other patterns? Uh, well, well, I'm, I want to shift to the musical stuff now. He as as perfect 
and I know he's going to disagree with this, and he's sitting next to me, and I'm not looking at him right now. But as perfect as some of Aaron's uh, compositions seem, mm-hmm. he he's uh, it depresses him a little bit, and maybe that's one of the things that drives him to practice. He really practices what he preaches. He oh, I believe he it. works. He works really hard, and so we've been doing these two-hour practices mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah, that's amazing. For, for a few weeks now. Yeah, and. <laughs> so yesterday, to give you an example, I'm kind of shifting this just a little bit, but to give you an example of a, of a rehearsal, yesterday's, I said, I'm going to teach you this song. It's really simple. The song's about a minute and a half long. Yeah. And we spent two hours on it, making minor changes to it, you know, bending it just a little bit. And at the end of that two hours, though, I think we have something that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm... Probably my favorite song that we play together now. Oh, that's was interesting. One that you wrote for your friends. That's what I wrote who, for the wedding in Africa yeah. last year. If you um, guys really but, are rehearsing that much, you're probably starting to think, like, whenever I rehearse that regularly, I think, wow, I'm a little better player than I thought I was. Yeah. I'm trusting some things, which is good. Well, and skipping back to two practices prior to that, Aaron's got this song. This is going to be very complicated. Yeah. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got 20 seconds into that, maybe. Yeah. Ab- about that. In, in two hours. Yeah. And it's still. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that you're putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like he's pickier than you and that puts pressure on you? You know, he could just be being nice to me, and it could end at any moment. I recognize that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, I was afraid when Steve asked you that because I want Steve to want to play with me, and that's one of Whatever. the things that you've. Oh, come on! I mean, that's great. I, I that's mean, one if, of the, yeah, yeah. We th- I think Dan and I think picky. a lot of Aaron. Oh yeah, <laughs> but don't you think? I mean, oh, I think we're equally picky. Yeah, I think and, so. And we do have this rule that if anyone at any point doesn't like something, that nothing's precious. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess if if it's my song, and I didn't want the melody to change, mm-hmm. I would dig in a little bit, and you'd go, "Oh, I get that." Yeah. But if you had a suggestion, though, I'd absolutely listen to it, and I think we've both moved the I don't want to say the goalposts a little bit but we've both rearranged the field a little bit during the process well, sure yeah or a lot of it actually yeah well I th- like the story I I believe I shared with you before of uh Mel Brooks I always want to say Mel Gibson different um, guy different guy as it turns out yeah Mel Brooks and uh Gene Wilder mm-hmm. I believe um working on a movie together and Mel Brooks took one scene completely out, said this doesn't make sense. And uh, Gene really went to bat, said that that was the only argument they ever had. I heard that. And they're, yeah. And then Mel immediately turned around and goes, okay, cool. Well, it's in. And, right, and here it is. Like, Putting on the Ritz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was the young. It was the dancing Franken, Frankenstein yeah. scene, but, which is hilarious. But Mel Brooks said, "I actually wasn't sure if it belonged in the in the movie, and I knew if you fought for it, that's right, that uh, that it was the right thing." Hey, 
those these movies, you know, where they drop, they have like so many scenes in the movie, and a lot of these directors talk about how they like to drop the three weakest scenes. I think that's interesting. So a lot of those end up, you can watch them on iTunes or on a DVD. You can watch these deleted scenes. But I, I did. I heard a director recently talk about you always have to drop, no matter how much you like them, you got to cut, you know, two or three of the weakest scenes. And uh, <laughs> I think it should be applied to movies in general. But even like, CDs, <laughs> man. Mm. How many no, CDs I, have I, you yeah. heard where somebody left that the bad one in, and they're telling you, ah, this was this is kind of our rough cut. It's like, well, maybe we should all leave out our rough cut. I don't know. But but I mean. Maybe not everyone, but I think there's actual entire projects that you ought to go, I I shouldn't have let that one get through. This was a project of filler, basically? Well, you might have been pretty happy with it at the time, or, you know, for sure. because for whatever reason you were doing it, but... I've, I've, uh, I've experienced that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Angie wanted to watch a romantic comedy the other night, and so she... I'm so sorry. She man. likes Tom... I know. <laughs> <laughs> she likes Tom Hanks, and she pulled up some recent Tom Hanks movie that has... Oh, uh, who's the girl who played Pretty Woman? Oh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts in it. And all these stars in it. We made it about, we have a 20-minute rule. It was just so poorly, you could tell, none of them cared. They were producing this product to make money. Oh. Uh, because even, I'm not an actor, and you could tell that they weren't even listening to the lines they delivered. Sometimes the <laughs> emphasis would be in the wrong place, and it just, you're like... Did you listen to what you said? <laughs> were you guys it, depressed it, when you were watching it? No, no, no. We were, we were not depressed. <laughs> you were thinking about your Christmas album. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, anyway, I just, I just think. Uh, so what's another trend uh, with Aaron? Oh, another pattern in Aaron's life? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm glad. Gonna... <laughs> I'm so glad Nicole is not here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this because we're all adults. You know how women, when they live together, their cycles, you know, kind of line up. <laughs> Good podcast. Right. Okay. So I've been told. Bit, I feel a little bit like the cycles of depression just a little bit that, you know, that we're, that we're on a similar wave. <laughs> that we're on is a it? similar wave. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. And maybe it's good. Uh, that we can talk our talk each other through it and the work consistency that we've been doing helps. Oh yeah, absolutely. Getting the job done, whether you feel like it or not, that's such a good thing. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, can we end on a, let's, let's let, give me one more pattern of errands. That's uplifting something like a really, really positive one. Yeah. He, uh, Oh, crud. This, this is a challenge. <laughs> this is a, yeah. <laughs> so at Thanksgiving a few years ago with my kids, we were going around the table and we were playing games. And at the time, we happened to be playing the single syllable game, which you have, if you ever do that, it's hilarious. Fun. Yeah, that is funny. You have conversation, yeah. all words are single syllables. And uh, we were doing what this affirmation thing where you're supposed to say something nice. And I'll never forget because it made me feel so good. My son said, as a dad, you don't suck. <laughs> that's funny. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. So, 
<laughs> so anyway, I think as as a how would you say husband in a single syllable? As a man with a wife, you don't suck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, he's good but, to his wife. That's a good pattern. And he's happy when she's coming home every day. Yeah, that's good. That's encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have, an, I have a letter here. Yeah. And I know this person uh, won't hear this podcast, but I'm not going to say his name anyway. Uh, this is for you mountain dulcimer people. Ready? Go. Okay. I have an old mountain dulcimer, and I would like to learn to play it. It has four strings, and what should I do first? I'm usually able to carry most tunes that I hear. I'm not able to travel anywhere for lessons as my wife is blind and needs much attention. I'm having our time reading it. Who could recommend a suitable book, extremely basic instructions for a beginner? I do have a master key pitch instrument. Master Thank key you. pitch. What's that? I'm mean? not sure what that means. Master yeah. key pitch. I think perhaps. Is the master key the old thing that you used to blow into to tell pitch? Mm, that's a those little pitch pipes. Pitch pipe. I don't. I don't know. Huh. I'll look that up while you guys discuss. Answer this guy's stuff because that's a it's a pretty common thing, and I think people who are looking for dulcimer stuff might be listening to Dulcimer Geek, and they might be people that we never see at a festival, and yeah. they would like to be able to get started. Well, Steve, you've taught a lot more beginners than I have, so I'm inclined to defer to you however no no however <laughs> i was gonna say well if there's a however it's i know that sounds like a cop-out well this will bring it i i i've been thinking about your books lately so i was at the Clemmers uh pick and porch last mm-hmm. weekend i believe and um i took the opportunity to look through some of your books oh and there's a lot of good stuff in there and um I, I keep thinking to myself since then, you know, most of my books are repertoire. Sure. And I keep thinking, I had to put some ideas and instruction and, you know, but it, here's the thing I'm up against. It's so painful for me to write paragraphs. I, I you know, like how to hold a pick with a paragraph. Well, you throw a picture right. in there. That's better. Mm-hmm. Now you look, you're, you, I think you're a pretty good writer and um, I like what you're doing. I might try to do some of that, but, I know for me, and this is not everybody, but if I'm going to learn something, like I got a book on juggling once. It was before YouTube. I guarantee you I can learn more on YouTube about juggling. Sure. This person's not going to be on YouTube. Now, there's good stuff in these books. There's good stuff in a juggling book that you can't, you know. But I just feel like, it's so good for somebody to have a video because you can say, Hey, see this, do this. This is what it sounds like. You know, if I had to teach somebody how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a paragraph, that would be so frustrating. I would just want to shoot a video of it. What um, I want you to do now though, is you know, recognize what's the problem. The problem is this person is a, uh, is an older subscriber to Dulcimer Players News who, who probably doesn't even have a computer. I'm reading you a card. Do they have was, electricity? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, you know, maybe not. It, I, I there, just There look, are scorch marks <laughs> indicating that it was written by candlelight. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, and, and it looks like the ink looks like blood. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> that's not true. It's not true. But I, I did just look up on my internet thingy here that uh, a master key is a pitch pipe. Okay, so he's got a... 
as a pitch pipe. You know, I would prefer to be there in person. If I can't be there in person, I'll be there in video. If I can't be there in video, and you know, if I can't give him a beginner video product, then um, you can't in this case. Then I have to recommend a book for a beginner. So this is somebody can actually learn the instrument. I I have some beginner books that I've learned from when I was a beginner, and I enjoyed the experience. And I know there's good beginner books out there, but I'm just going to have to bow out of this. I would probably find a way to send this guy a television and a generator. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a nice guy. So how about you, Aaron? Seriously, beginner. You have some beginner stuff. I I really don't. You're right. It's all technique. Yeah, it's all technique. I mean, there's... The flat picking book is probably the most from the ground up, but even that assumes some experience with playing already. I mean, I can think of all the beginner books that are out there that are made by my friends, and I appreciate different elements of them, but if I had to pick one, you know, Mm. I don't know, man. I'm so glad I'm not uh, familiar with anyone's beginner books right now. So I I love learning from books. Let me say that too. Sure. I love books, and not only do I like learning from though. them, I like the pictures in them, and I and I feel like I get to know the author. And there's little nuggets in every book, you know, that you might not pick up um, if you just saw a big long video. But um, I'm kind of against starting off someone with a book because I feel this is not always true for everybody, but I feel that. I am going to set them up for being disappointed with themselves pretty quick if I start them off with a book. Interesting. Now, that doesn't mean books are bad. I, yeah. But, but if I can't be there, I want to be there in person. If you told me this guy lived down the street, I'd call him today and, and say, I'm, I'm, you know, DP News would like to give you a free lesson. I'll be down in an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the books start to be useful. Now, if you have to have a book, let's say you're in prison and they're actually going to let you have a dulcimer and they're going to let you have a book and maybe that's all you get. Well, I mean, what do we, what do we do? You can do it. You guys, you've got, well, let's write a five minute book right now. If, if they, if this person, yeah, but this is audio. Well, here's, (laughs) use your words. I mean, here's, here's my opinion. He says that he can carry a tune. And he said, that's good. Do I remember correctly that, uh, uh, I can carry most tunes that I hear. That's really good. Yeah. For that reason alone, I would, I'm kind of inclined to recommend he spend some time with his instrument experimenting, just physically getting comfortable with it. I know that the big concern for most people starting off is, I I'm afraid I'm going to develop bad habits. I know. I want to help but, you guys. I want you to. Oh, I don't want your help. No, no. Listen I'm, to me. I want you to tell they're me. They're fighting. They're starting the be- beginning. The words. Fighting. How? What would you write? What would you say to me to help me understand what you mean to sit down and spend time with my instruments? Noodle. Just that. Describe Noodle. noodling with words. Playing around with notes on the instrument. If you have an understanding of how the instrument functions, Frank so Zappa. with your fretting hand, uh, am, what? That's a Frank Zappa quote, but keep going. 
Really? You have a basic understanding of the mechanics of the instrument. But anyway, keep going. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's when he described himself as a force of nature or <laughs> me against the the laws of nature. That's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> digress. So you guys would tell so, him to read some Frank Zappa quotes? No, no. <laughs> but I think if you have a working, uh, now I'm super afraid of quoting Frank Zappa we better unintentionally. Not. I shouldn't have brought it up. Um, okay, so we need him to develop so, a little bit here. So if he has an understanding of how the instrument functions, what to do with his fretting hand, hold the strings down, and that's what's going to create your note. You're going to excite the strings with your strumming or picking hand. If you understand that much, if he can hear tunes, if he has an ear, like it sounds like he has a pretty good ear, I think that being able to just mess around with that knowledge, mess around with different notes, just try and come up with some sounds that make him happy. Then I would, once he develops that, once he's able to develop a few themes, just put together a few notes that make him happy, start paying close attention to your hands and tension and try and do it as relaxed as you possibly can, navigate it in the most efficient way possible. In a nutshell, that would be my advice. But some people hate that. Like oh, I, yeah. I encourage people to just sit around and experiment and see mm-hmm. what sounds are there. And some people, and I'm not saying they're wrong. They just say, I don't want to do that. And uh, I yeah, can also, it, I always think of the beginner who is not, they, they have a busy life. I think of this often. They have a busy life, has nothing to do with music. And they're looking for a little introduction into dulcimer. And they really just want a little page they can ponder. I... I think if my advice to this person, oh my gosh, this is why I have trouble answering emails. I don't know, man. I I, I feel like um, I would probably pick out, I would give them a video and then I would give them some books. Yeah, I was, so I was listening to you guys and trying to chart it. That was, that was good, Aaron. It seems like if you can't, be there to uh, <clears throat> to instruct somebody, like you said, Steve. I agree. You, if you could be with them, that would be the best way to get them going because you could show them a bunch of stuff. It seems if you're doing this with words, you almost need a flow chart at the beginning. That's that's a decision chart, you know, that says, "What do you want to do? Do you know how to tune the instrument?" And they say, "No." Then you come over here, right? Do you know how to <laughs> do, hold a pick? Do you know how to hold a pick? Or where did you learn to hold a pick? playing this you know it gets it's all this stuff that trees out that if you're talking to somebody you quickly go you sort of suss them out and figure out what it is they need but in a book that uh that does the whole thing like claw hammer banjo in a book many of the arrangements once you kind of get the basic mechanics of claw hammer i find the books to be really useful but try learning the initial claw hammer techniques from a book. I think that's about impossible. Yeah. Uh, Probably harder than dulcimer. So So, they, they still want a book. That's the problem. So, and I get it. So I'm going to look at my dulcimer friends and the beginner books I know of, and I'm going to say, order these five books and, or, I mean, should we be talking about something like, Robert forces in search of the wild dulcimer book. That's more about inspiring someone to understand the tradition. Right. And the tradition is exactly what you guys have been describing. But I wouldn't want that to be the only book, but that's, that's, I think 
that one was one of the ones I actually read really? more deeply than any of the others. And I'm and I, it didn't address every need I had, but I really poured over those paragraphs. Did it excite you to play? It got me in the mood to play, and it got me thinking about things. And um, like what? Um. Well, first of all, there were all these pictures in there. There's a section on how to hold the dulcimer, and he doesn't say this is how you hold a dulcimer. He's like. Here's a bunch of the ways people hold dulcimers, you know? And I remember being like, wait a minute, this is the normal one, I bet. But what are these others? Is that real? Is he just putting that in there? But as I got into this, I realized there really are people that hold these things differently. Sure. And um, there, you know, and so I would say there's some elements of that book. And I'll tell you, I got to, I got to give a shout out to my favorite, uh, well, my first book was uh, Larkin Bryant's, which was it. most of it was in DAA, but then I think she she gets into some other tunings. Um, I I really enjoyed that book actually. Hmm. And here we have a problem. One of my favorite beginner books is in DAA, and that's not necessarily a problem. But I hesitate to start somebody off that's got a busy life in a tuning where if they do get around other people. They're going to be in the wrong tuning. But if somebody's never going to see anybody and they've got a good ear, well, DAA is not a bad way to go. I'll tell him to put a heavier melody string on it and get to work. This is such an upsetting topic. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I here's, here's why it's upsetting yeah. to me is you got somebody who starts off a certain way and they start to have trouble and they start to presume it's because of them. They're not talented. This isn't for them. Like take, for instance, some people love reading sheet music. So there's nothing wrong with that. But you take somebody else who's more of a shoot from the hip, experimenter, explore, adventurer. They're going to try to get better by ear. They're going to try to make up stuff. They like watching other people. They don't mind failing a little bit. You force them into this mold of reading sheet music all the time, and you, they might conclude that they are not talented. They're not cut out for this. That's what would have happened to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. not a good reader. I'm, I'm a very slow reader. And I know you've told me over and over again that you know, if I just practice it every day, I'd get better at it. And I believe you, but that is a painful thing for me. I mean, this, this would be a lot easier if we all had beginner books. But my beginner book is basically videos. (laughs) So, Yeah, mine too. But if we all had beginner books, we could say, you know, here, buy my book. But why why don't either one – why did none of us have just a purely written beginner item? Why why is it video mm -hmm. and all this other stuff? This is in radio what you call dead air. It's not as long as you think it is. It's okay. <laughs> people, the world would be a better place if people stopped and thought about what they said more often. Okay, I'll well, let's honest, just pause I, for 30 seconds. I, that I was kind of enjoying that. Yeah, it was pleasant <laughs> to the ears. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I wasn't that was talking, nice. I think, no. is probably good for a lot of the listeners. Hmm. It's something that I've considered for a while. It might be time and, for another in search of the... <laughs> in search of the tame dulcimer. Yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's she, interesting, Steve. So, sorry, Aaron. Oh, no. no, no go ahead. It's fine. Uh, I was just going to say, when I, when I started teaching dulcimer at, at festivals and workshops, I was more or less immediately thrown into teaching the intermediates in advance. And I'm not complaining about that in any way. It's just I haven't worked with too many beginners until re- it, I would say it took a long time for me to get uh, experience working with beginners. I think longer than maybe most teachers. Um, I've written books about the things that I teach in workshops. And so up until now, that hasn't really included much in the way of beginner material. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's my excuse. <laughs> I think my, we got to remember, we're not trying to give advice on how to be a better player. We're dealing with this issue of a book. And I think to all my friends who have written very interesting beginner books, I apologize that I didn't mention yours. I'm going to go ahead and say In Search of the Wild Dulcimer and then Larkin Bryant's book. That's those, that's not going to fix everything you need in life, but those are my two recommendations. I can't believe I just recommended products on air. I, I, I honestly cannot think of a single beginner book you are the, your own beginner book i think <laughs> you know. i don't know i think this uh the, it's one of the reasons this struck me as interesting i i think there's even though there's a lot of books what robert did with that book was appropriate for the time and it, there's hardly anybody plays in daa now mm-hmm. at least that's what i think and that might be incorrect but there could be a if, lot of people playing it we don't run into at a festival. That could that's be. right. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's time to uh, sort of write a state of the uh, dulcimer union. <laughs> right, uh, right. Well, didn't you get another letter? You got something else from somebody. Well, I was saving this, and we have to wrap up early today, right, Steve? Because you have a lesson. Yeah, but we've got 19 minutes. I want to hit you with some speed rounds. But before we get back into heavy stuff, let's just all breathe for a minute. Look inwardly. <clears throat> okay. Um. <laughs> you feel better? Uh, you know what I did you know what I did earlier today? What's that? I played Hammer Dulcimer for three different classes at a preschool. That's nice. fun. That was so much fun. I wish when you played for people they all would come up and give you a hug. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> like that funny how some do. little kids they just wanna that's how they express some kind of, you know, Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good. It was a good time. <clears throat> anyway, I played for two year olds. I, I, I'm going to talk about this for a minute, not just because I did this, but because it applies to what we just finished talking about. So, I was there for their music classes, and I had a class of two year olds, a class of three four year olds, and a class of four five year olds, all you know pre K kids. And working with the two year olds. It was interesting. We worked on counting to two and doing a lot of games where we counted to two. That's fun. And, uh, you know, those, uh, sorry for anybody who's never seen these things, but if you look up Kashaka, K-A-S-H-A-K-A, it's, it's, a, a, it's a, a seed pod ball basically connected by a little rope to another one. It's an African toy that you play with. And... They're connected, and so there's two of them, and so I had them shaking those, 
and then, you know, counting their knees and counting their ears and counting their eyes and counting to two and marching. And we counted to two and we played games and stuff. And it went really well with the three, four year olds. I found we could count to four, but, but they're still not as into learning, but you know, they like to use their hands and stuff. And so I had them, it, it was interesting. I could have them open their arms and I'd say, we're going to catch a butterfly. And so we'd go one, two, three, catch, one, two, three, release. And they would all catch this butterfly and throw this pretend butterfly up. And then every now and then I'd go on the, so this time get ready because we're going to keep him. One, two, three, catch, one, two, three. Now show me what color butterfly you have. And every little kid in this class, I got a blue one, I got a red one, I got a green one. And they'd all let them fly away. But in the course of that, I had all these kids, you know, counting to four and marching and doing things with their hands. And, uh, and then in the five year, the four or five year olds, just like the older ones, we were able to take that same thing and have them be the butterflies <laughs> and flap their arms and fly, you know, move around the room and that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's just so cool to get to <laughs> set all that to come back to even if those kids could read how would you give somebody a book to teach them to count? Or how do you give somebody a book to teach them to read? It takes a teacher sometimes mm-hmm. to get them to get. It's like what you were saying, Steve, you need to be in front of somebody. So <clears throat> maybe I'd like to write this guy back. Should I write him back and recommend, ask him if he has a uh, DVD player or a VHS right. player? Mm-hmm. Did he say he doesn't have internet? He didn't say that, but I'm assuming just because he sent a handwritten note. I mean, a real good example, if you that whole Firefox series of books, you know, they explain all kinds of things. You know, how do you, how do you slaughter a hog and stuff like that? How do you, you make ask a about quilt? that? But I mean, it's all, <laughs> there's definitely a strong tradition of humans teaching each other by the written word, you know? So, yeah. All right. Rapid fire round, really? Uh, yeah. What is this? Do we get a? Do we get points? No. Uh, Brian sent us a note, and Brian, you know who you are. Thank you very much for the very kind words, and we are glad that you're glad to hear uh, the Dulcimer Geek podcast back again. Mm-hmm. Some of the topics that he brought up, <clears throat> you guys get about two minutes answer these because there's five or six seven eight questions ready i'll I'll bring up a clock okay five six seven eight questions ready yeah we go number one differences between jumbo and regular frets and the pros and cons of each aaron go okay so on a normal dulcimer that has typically typical sized frets when you're pushing the string down a part of your flesh comes in contact with the wood before you get a clean note so you have to keep pushing down on jumbo frets that are going to be a little bit taller you have more clearance. So the string makes a solid connection with the fret. You get a clean note. No part of your flesh is pushing against the wood as well. So it's like playing against air, like playing with less resistance. Steve? What will happen is you will be over fretting, which means you'll be fretting sharp notes. With and which? if you start to correct that and you lighten up your fretting, I think it'll make you more sensitive musician. You'll be in tune. You'll be, you won't. I think when you have tall frets, you, 
I learned how to not overfret so much, how to not push too much. That was never an issue for me, but I think it's because I started off with heavier gauge strings that would fight me back a little bit. So I would actually, if I were over fretting, it would, I would have to be trying really hard to do and, that. And since we're at the one minute mark, I will also say that if you have the wider your fret, the more sharp you will fret as those frets wear out, because as the tops flatten, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, a wider fret, you know, you're gonna, you're just gonna hear a sharper note because the main point where the string leaves the fret is further to the right. So if you, if I was gonna go to a desert island, I would not want super fat frets because I might, there might not be a, a setup guy on the island. I absolutely would because I think I could play lighter and would be less likely to wear the frets, which is oh, going to happen anyway. Okay. Love it. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> we still have 30 <laughs> seconds. So Aaron actually did something neat. His dulcimer has fat, big frets. One of them has big frets when, you, when you're on the low pitches. But as you get up to the higher notes where the spaces are closer together, he's got smaller frets. Do you still mm-hmm. agree with that as being a good thing? I think as frets wear and you run into intonation issues, that's it's a good thing because the shorter the string length is, the more drastic those intonation issues are going to be. There you go. I like big frets and I cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Pop-up is so smart. <laughs> that's what Barrett said at one yeah. of the classes today. My pop-pop is very smart. <laughs> All right, next. I just disproved that. Uh, dulcimer string gauges for bass, middle, and melody, and why you prefer a certain gauge on a certain VSL. Aaron, go. No, I started the last one. This Define is VSL for those of us who aren't. Vibrating string length. Okay. So you look at the, uh, if you go from your nut to your bridge, it's if you were not to fret the string and just strum it open, it's, it's that longest vibrating length. And... Um, as you get a longer VSL, a longer dulcimer usually, you, your your string gauges, um, th- things will be tighter. Is that true, Aaron? If you look at I the think, same yeah. string gauges on a short dulcimer versus a long one, the longer one, the strings will be tighter to arrive at the same pitch. Yeah, if I'm imagining this correctly. Yeah, Yeah. so sometimes I opt for lower string gauges because I feel like I get a little more sustain. Um, And I love that sweet sustain. Um, And Dan, we did research. Anyway, let's not go there. So I think that uh, I opt for thicker strings, um, higher string gauges. While I may lose a little sense of that sustain, I get a little more tone. And as I play harder it doesn't buzz so soon as it would with, with lower string gauges. Hammer-ons and pull-offs tend to be harder with those higher string gauges, but for me, since I'm playing all the time, I think it's okay. Um, so I like the tone increase with thicker strings, and I also like the fact that I feel like I get a greater dynamic range because I have to hit it harder before it starts to buzz. Anything to add, Aaron? It really depends on the dulcimer for That's me. That's true, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like, in, in the real traditional instruments, I tend to really like the, the lighter gauge strings. I do, too, I think. With this. Yeah. 
on my dulcimer, uh, which is a, a shorter scale, it's a 25 inch string length. I'm using a 26, a 16, and a 14. Which, Steve, isn't that what you were using on your McSpadden? And did you go to lighter string gauges? No, I used 26, 16, 12. Okay. I've often wanted to do 25, 15, 11, but those are harder to find when you're in the middle of nowhere. Sure. Especially uh, when you're two weeks from everywhere. Right. <laughs> and also, here's, here's another thing about string length. A lot of people are saying, I don't want a long dulcimer because uh, my hands are little. There's really good musicians with little hands. I often watch how somebody's holding their dulcimer, sitting, the, the, the way they're fingering exactly where their fingers come down, and I think, you know, if you would clean up this, 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 and this, you wouldn't mind that longer string length so much. And also, some of the chords, like one, two, four, I even though I can play that because I have really big hands, um, I've opted, I've come up with alternatives to a lot of these chords that are just sir, too big. Sir, no. Excuse me, sir. Is the moderator here? I'm going to disallow this. I would uh, because like it's off topic. Uh, we, I would we like to, to debate. I, I really want to respond to that. Now. <laughs> I want to debate with Aaron without a moderator. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to answer Brian's question. Okay. All right, what, but what was Aaron going to say? Come on. I was no. going to say I, I prefer a shorter. I prefer a shorter string length for a number of reasons. I'm a weak um, moderator. <laughs> <laughs> and right. and that might even be the topic of another. Uh, I I can't keep it short. What's okay. okay. Number three. All right. Number three comparisons of electronic tuners versus smartphone tuners and the pros and cons of each. I'll kick in on the begin this one. Yeah. Why don't you do that? I've had everything from really expensive ones. I've got a, uh, uh, what's the company? I'm drawing a blank. Peterson. Peterson. I have a real Peterson strobe. A mechanical strobe. A mechanical strobe. Awesome. Gives me a headache. I feel like I'm (laughs) in a disco. Yeah. It really, I mean, really does. Uh, and I thousand dollar tuner, thousand dollar tuner. I've put that tuner up against a 99 cents tuner on my phone and against the, I've got a little Peterson, you know, their little clamshell strobe tuner, right? That I'm holding in my hand right here. Hundred dollar tuner, hundred dollar tuner. There's not $900 and $100 difference between any of them and the, the phone one's using, like 10 bucks well there's cheaper than that even. The, the app that you're using is made by peterson are you using the strobosoft Steve uses the peterson strobosoft constantly right? yeah and i actually paid more money so that the other bands show harmonics so you don't okay. just get the fundamental there's about five other tuners that do that now though and i think they're all basically using the same algorithms and uh if i'm tuning for recording I still use the thousand dollar tuner. Yeah. I still break out that Peterson because it really is showing you mechanically true harmonics, you know, but I probably don't need to be getting a headache. Yeah. (laughs) And doing that. And Peterson makes that. We talked about this where Peterson makes a clip on tuner. Mm -hmm. And while that doesn't show you a lot of information, it shows me exactly what I need. And when I'm, you don't want to whip out your phone. You look like you're checking Facebook on stage. So isn't it funny? Well, I mean, so the three of us all basically use Peterson tuners. The problem, the I, I mostly use the Peterson. The one problem that I have with Peterson is it doesn't read all of my instruments very well. It doesn't oh, pick up the band jammer with nylon strings, and it doesn't pick up 
my uh, my double bass rubber string dulcimer stick. Uh, okay. I um, think those are calibrated for instruments that are a little louder, maybe. Yeah. Well, and for as far as your phone, though, if you if if you don't have your phone in a big case, an iPhone. You can put it down between the strings, and it's putting the microphone right on the soundboard. On a hammer dulcimer. On a hammer dulcimer, it works really well. Oh, yeah, really you well. lean it against the strings, you lean it against the, Yeah, and so that's actually a good thing. So, All right. Hey, and Steve. I want to say this, that these tuners, <laughs> this is so awesome. These tuners, uh, most of them, they make them so they won't be real accurate because most people don't want a little thing telling them they're wrong all the time. So I find with the Peterson, it yep. gives you more of the truth. All right, yeah. let me lead you to the next question then. It's, it's a really good one. It may, we'll probably have to stop after this and there'll be oh, more. Oh, come on. That's so fun. Uh, you have a lesson to teach in less than uh, five minutes. Ready? When yeah. using an electronic tuner, how many cents off is still considered in tune? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a great topic. That's yeah. a great question. <laughs> um, is this on a hammer dulcimer or a mountain Wait dulcimer? Wait a second. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. Uh, on, well, here's the deal. On a hammered dulcimer, it, on, even on a mountain dulcimer, it depends on how hard you pick. On a hammered dulcimer, when you strike, it goes sharp for just a moment. I mean, so you actually have to be prepared to let it settle for just a moment. And that happens to us, too, a little bit barely. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even anymore. It could be worse, actually, on a picked instrument because mm-hmm. you're stretching it, physically stretching it. Uh I would say, so I'm going to answer this for all of us real quick. Zero. Oh, I got it something has to, say to be about right it. on. But when you guys start looking at your intonation way up high on those frets, mm-hmm. even on your best instrument, Aaron's, Aaron, there's an eyebrow already coming up on Me Aaron. too. <laughs> I think as you guys get high up on your instrument, you're not perfect. Stay in your lane, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You guys disagree, apparently. This is an insecure subject. (laughs) (laughs) You can't buy these cheap Chinese strings. You got to buy good strings. And even then, you can get little minor deviations. You got to have a a bridge that's compensated to make sure it's in tune. Your frets have to be in, you know, put in as close as possible as close as possible as where they should be. They can't be worn anywhere. You can't be over fretting or bending the string one way or the other. Mm-hmm. If 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 everything's well, I think you can often be. I think you can be closer to one cent uh, perfect mm-hmm. if you really work at it. I think if something's point six cents, <laughs> a point six of a cent, I think I can actually feel it a little bit and hear it a little bit. And this is also one of those areas where I know I was just saying I prefer a shorter string length. I stand by it. But one of the advantages of a longer go, string length <laughs> is um, intonation is not going to fuss at you quite as much in the same way. There's a, there's a little bit more room for forgiveness there in intonation when you're talking about a, a longer string length. All right. Hey, hey I just postponed my lesson by 15 minutes. because this is just this is totally fun this is fun (laughs) your student's gonna be so disappointed when they listen to this podcast (laughs) well you guys were talking about 0.6 though that's six tenths and good tuners go you know plus or minus one cent 
They well, they go out yeah, into thousands of yeah. a cent. Well, the the, a two. lot of them do say plus or minus one. I think is that right. true or not? Well, here's what I don't. Here's maybe somebody who's an audio engineer. I mean, a true audio engineer or a physicist actually is what probably what we need, mm-hmm. because the thing that it's listening to is the waveform. Mm-hmm. It's you know the cycle of peaks and troughs. It's tone. Most tones are not completely pure. Right. On an instrument that has vibrating parts, you know, where the wood, because things are moving. So <clears throat> for me, so let's go back to the tuners. Uh, you I have think the 30 one that, seconds. The one that I think I like the best is <laughs> INS tuner. It's one that I use on my phone. I've used okay. that one a little bit. Because I can switch over to, as opposed to seeing a needle. I don't like the needles because those, even to draw all that, I don't know. It just seems weird. When I'm trying to get it close, it depends on if I'm tuning for recording or tuning because I'm just about to do a gig and I've got 80-something strings to tune. Mm-hmm. I like to put it on that one that shows uh, vertical lines that float to the right or float to the left. And what I'm trying to do is get the, all those lines to just stop as much as I can get them to stop. Moving to the right because the instrument is floating sharp or moving to the left because it's floating flat. For some reason... Mentally, that gives me more confidence that it's tuning correctly. Uh, it's probably not any different, but there is some, there's a psychological aspect to tuning as well, don't you sure. think? Sure. So give us another one. Oh, another question? Really? All right. Ooh, let's see. Ready? What mm-hmm. amp would you use for living room sessions? You discuss using certain mics and amps and playing in small settings, classrooms, hospitals, but nothing for home use. Hmm. I'm going to give you an answer to that one quickly. Go for it. No amp. For playing in the living room? Yes. Now, maybe they have a pickup and they want, they're going to be playing through some kind of amp anyway. Sometimes it is fun playing plugged in, even if it's just yourself. Do you think they, do you think he means like a house concert? Oh. I don't um, know. Maybe. Sorry. Could... Maybe I didn't hear the. <laughs> maybe I lost. He part said of the living question. room sessions. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, that that might even mean oh. a group of people in a living room. Yeah. When when Aaron and I practice, the, we don't use anything for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. we have put in headphones before, not so that we it, we put in headphones so we play even more quietly. Right. If you were having said that, I think, and I might be wrong, but I think if you were using your. Uh, your old hammer dulcimer, um, I think I would probably need to be plugged in. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> my my Samra's out of carbon fiber. I mean, <clears throat> I don't care if it is the, if, if, if to you, whoever's listening, who's like, that's not a real instrument because it's not wood. If it was made out of uh, recycled milk jugs and sounded like this, you should buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to, to verify, and I'll stop this, but we're practicing multiple days a week, and the thing's just in tune. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not tuning it. Well, I mean, it's 0. 0.6 cents off. It's <laughs> okay. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. but, but yeah. I, when I, especially if there's more than one musician in the room with me, I can never do my quiet stuff with most musicians. That's not your fault. Yeah, a, a part of it is, part of it isn't. There, just because you're good at playing quiet, Dan, 
doesn't mean I don't need a little re- sound mm-hmm. reinforcement in some situations. I don't understand the judgment right there. I know. I have a personal problem with that. But listen, I've got this little thing here called a Yamaha THR5A. And it, it's, it's really good for playing by yourself. But if you're in a living room, you know, you're not going to be able to crank this thing. But you're going to be able to be a, just a little bit louder than normal. And I, I relax and I, I enjoy this thing. This thing uses some of that uh, phasing technology where it actually makes it. When you add a little reverb, it sounds huge. If I was by myself, yeah. I'm going to put reverb on it. Anyway, look it up. And they, I think they make a bigger one that's got 10 watts instead of five. Huh. I, <clears throat> I just think amplifiers in small settings like that make the sound worse. Mm, maybe a little, but m- maybe that's not your fault, Dan. <laughs> it's not a fault. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people don't hear as well and they want want things to be a little bit louder. I mean, we're but- all waiting for somebody to make a mountain doll somewhere with a speaker in it. And the goal is to turn it up so that nobody can tell you have a, an amp on at all. It just gives you like a six dB increase or something. Oh, maybe you're not waiting on that, but I've <laughs> talked to a lot of people about that. Huh. I, I want to be a little louder, but people get their feelings hurt when they see electronics or something, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not that way. That's not even almost where I am. Cause I like the electronic gizmo stuff, but I think, uh, the question was about a living room. Yeah, I tend to want other people quieter. And I don't mean that in a... Me too, all the time. All the time. Well, it's not going to get quieter if anybody uses an amp. Everyone right. is going to get louder. That's yeah. all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but here in Nashville, if I'm invited to a party and I bring this little thing, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going to play with people I may never see again, and I like having the option of a little of a little increase in sound. If anybody's yeah. bothered by me being too loud, I've turned it up too loud. Like a dulcimer player with an amp is going to get invited to a party. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> it happens. All right, get, how about another one? All right, this will be the last one. You got to go do a lesson for real. Barely. Which picks do you prefer? Not looking for specific brands, more thicknesses. If you are predominantly strumming, do you use the same pick choice? If you are predominantly flat picking, it appears that Steve uses Hurtum Yellow and Aaron uses Hurtum Blue. What's up with mm. that? He didn't ask that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I use Hurtum Blue. <laughs> that That is correct. I didn't know that, Aaron. Really? I always presume you use something else. Is no. the friendship over now? No. I mean, I use... I used to go between a lot of different picks. Like I said, when I started doing music full time, I had more picks than dollar bills in my wallet. That was the <laughs> that was the big transformation. But um, but for the most part, the Hurtum does almost everything that I want it to do. Almost, almost. that's right. Almost. Sometimes I'm tempted to have a second pick just on my leg for when I want a flat pick. Yeah, but you guys don't do that. Mm-mm. I kind of want to live my life like that. Why is I mean, Steve? Why is Aaron? What it is about Aaron's playing that makes him unable to use a, a yellow pick as well as you can? Well, first of all, I don't 
have a preference on color. I just happen to, by coincidence, have a bunch of yellow ones right no, now. No, wait. I but thought there were different thicknesses. Yellow, blue, red. I, they are. I, I suspect. They're hard to mic, like if you use a micrometer, because they're tapered. Yeah. So you really got to have a controlled experiment to know. But I even suspect that these different colors, I think there's more of a difference than just the color. Oh, that's possible. And I'm not sure. But there was a guy that came to me for lessons once, and he was a chemist. And he actually did a chemical analysis of these picks. Yeah. And I wish I could get back with that guy. But if you put these in my hand... And you ask me to close my eyes. I just did that. I am generally I've got a blue pretty. One. I'm pretty good at telling you which color it is based on feel. I want to do a test on Aaron right now. Oh. <clears throat> so Aaron, you yeah. have to close your. Oh, he's not liking yeah, this. But you're going to have to do this 20 times. No, we're just going to do it once, data. just and make him make him nervous. He doesn't no, like no, that's this. Fine. All right, close your eyes. I'm going to put picks two picks in your hands. You okay. cannot open your eyes and I'm cheat. Not gonna open one's them. red, one's blue. They're both hurt. Right, picks. and okay. I want to coach him, Aaron. I want you to feel for the number one, I know, well, the one that's. I know where. So right now, there's those edges on the bottom. That's so the right. number one that's is right. up here. He's doing it. Aaron is now holding picks in each hand. He's so. What is he supposed to answer? Which supposed one to, is blue? He's supposed to put the blue one, let's say, in his right hand. And I believe the red one feels, uh, it feels more flexible. The white ones were the most the flexible. One? They're gone. Ooh, he got it. He, he, he got the it. blue one in his right hand. Red, red. Now, pill, one blue time I, somebody <laughs> tested me on this and I failed. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I people tell me, do you you know those picks? The the, the sides are numbered one, two, three, right. and three is the thickest. Mm-hmm. That's what gave it away. And, Really? Yeah, I had to move the blue pick over to my right hand and feel around. When I got, I tried every, did you notice I tried every corner? Yes. Of them. And when I got to what I thought was the thickest edge, I felt it, but I had to move it over to my right hand for real apples to apples comparison. Because it's what you're used to. Yeah. Now, it may be true that there is no difference between colors, but I I think I more often than not can pick out. Hmm. I can see it a little bit. Actually, now, wait a minute. Did somebody... I thought you said somebody wrote us a letter that's... Was that it? Well, no, there's more of it. I'm not reading the whole thing. Uh, no, but I thought somebody said... I don't know. Yeah. Did we get a summons? <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian, that's... Thank you. And there's more yes. stuff, and we will address the more stuff from your letter. Hey, it was really nice, to actually, to get... Uh, to get emails and it really does help us to get uh, email to get email not emails it it would be nice to get some more reviews on itunes so please do that and with more emails comes more lightning rounds (laughs) (laughs) exactly send your geek questions to any of us i like talking to you guys it's you know i like talking to you too nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be alone yeah we missed you last week steve Sure did. I know. I hate that. It was that. early. <laughs> I, I, so Dan has been texting the Dulcimer School um, technical guys, mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll just he'll just rapid fire like twenty texts to these guys in under an hour. And so I've started ignoring that little text <laughs> group, and I think it's caused me to ignore all oh, that texts. could be. I might have hit you in the wrong spot. Hey Steve, you just uh, well, both of us. I just put up a series. Steve and I, uh, Stephen Humphreys and I. Did several hours of a master class on hammering and hammer technique. And I, I've never seen anything like it. I'm really proud of it. And we were both, we had a good time doing it because 
we both got to kind of quiz each other and try things and move things. And he's a, he really brought some percussion uh, information into it, just general yeah, percussion. Yeah, it's good. So anyway, that series just posted on Dulcimer School. And you have another series that just posted today. Am I right? Right. on, bare, on uh, It's some bare minimum chord, chord melody. melody work. Putting chords with a melody without really wearing your hand out yeah. and not feeling like you got to fret every string. And Today being... Tuesday, so, September 20th, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I got to get in there and, and edit some of the text, but I'm real excited, man. I've We've added a lot of stuff recently, and Aaron's working, too. Aaron yeah. just shot a bunch of video that's not yeah. posted yet. but Yeah, and won't be posted. Steve has some more content coming up soon. Um, you did some Christmas songs. We're actually all working on Christmas songs right now. That's right. But my next batch will be advanced Christmas. Nice. But I did what I consider to be beginner cool. into lower intermediate Christmas stuff. And um, so. one of the things that, I didn't mention this last week when we did this, but the the podcast before we talked a little bit about um, me and Steve getting to mess around with some some ideas in your living room. And then oh, we went right. we yeah. went down to the studio and videoed everything that we did and it was for me it was a lot of fun. That cool, hasn't been posted yet, right? No, that hasn't been posted yet. Okay. That's one of the things that's gonna be on Dulcimer School oh, is cool. us teaching each other a bunch of stuff that we're No, that on. was super yeah. fun. That was super fun. Yeah. Uh because we we, we kept reminding ourselves, hey, we're not teaching the the viewer. Mm-hmm. We're teaching each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you're going to see some interesting stuff. If you're advanced, I think there's some truly advanced concepts yeah. going on there. And they're not real long. Each one's not too long. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think I think if I know there was some degree of selfishness and that this is, at least for me, something that I've wanted to do every time I see you at a festival. Hey, let's like check out this thing I'm working on. We only have 20 seconds or something tops to do that. But if I were, you know, I think just the average advanced student working on mountain dulcimer stuff, I think I would get a kick out of watching those videos. And uh, and I've been playing differently since we sat down and did that. Really it gave awesome. me some new stuff to think about. Cool. So Likewise. There you have it, people. Yeah, I, I've, I used your Indian ornaments recently. I used them today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, we got to so, go. You have, right. you have a lesson to teach and good things are happening. All right. Well, y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Geek out, gentlemen.